This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Time right now, 814. You're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, again today, the 30th of March. And with us in studio this morning from the city of Murfreesboro, we have the uh, city manager, Craig Tyndall, here. How are you this morning? Good morning. Good. How are you? I'm good. I, did you uh, make that walk over here? It's a long ways to go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, all the way over from City Hall. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's a beautiful morning. So right now the city is in the midst, I guess, of figuring out budgets and, and just all kinds of stuff. And in addition to that, figuring out what to do with all this rain. Right. A couple things. Uh, budget from a city standpoint, if you talk to a city, anybody that works for municipality, you'll and ask what they're doing around March, it probably is going to be budget and deep into budget. And that's where we are right now. We, we actually start January thinking about various things and talking to departments in February, a little bit more work. And then March, we're deep into preparing our budget. We'll talk to council in April. And, and uh and during may and uh, hopefully target end of may early june to to pass our budget so it goes into effect july 1st so we want to be uh, obviously prepared for all of that so that's that's the uh big part of our work right now it uh fortunately it, it looks it looks positive from our from a budgeting standpoint um well, I, last year was an unusual year in a lot of respects but um uh, when uh, when we started a year ago uh, the conventional wisdom that, that we'd have to budget very low and be very, very conservative, and we did that. And we put a hiring freeze on. We, we really curtailed spending, uh, kept our expenses uh, very tight, uh, and so we were able to weather through that uh, pretty well. Um, sales tax revenues maintained themselves. People stayed home. Uh, they uh, did a lot of work on homes. They didn't go on vacations, and they spent a lot, lot more money in the city. Um, than probably usually, and uh, and we were able to uh, recognize some of that, and uh, that helped us get back to normal more quickly. And uh, but we have some catch up to do, and we know that in this budget. I, I think even with spring break being this week, I think many people are staying home as well. If you would move that mic up a little bit there, okay. Um, but yeah, I think more people are definitely staying home, and this may be the first week that some families get out and actually take a vacation in right. quite some time. But I do think more are choosing to stay home instead, which does mean more spending here locally, which is a good thing. It's a good thing from from a sales tax standpoint. It, it is a good thing for our uh, businesses and coming back because they've they had a bad run of it last year, uh, a lot of difficulty when things were uh, closed. Um, so it is good. Uh, to bring our economy back and uh, bring our businesses back. That's very important to us. Looking back, it was this time of year, the spring, that we saw one of the biggest spikes with COVID-19 and the spread of it. But right now, it doesn't look to be going upwards. Instead, we're continuing to see a, a slowing down of COVID-19. Yeah, substantially so. And and uh, the numbers are, are good. They vary uh, over a period of time. Uh, some of it's just reporting and time for reporting. Uh, so you'll see little increases but we're at a very very small uh, ratio of increase as we go forward and uh, our number of active cases are, are very low um, I think a couple of days ago I think I checked and active cases in in <laughs> all of Rutherford County uh, is well below one half of one percent 
So that's point zero 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 five. I mean, you're you're talking about a very low number, uh, and that's good. That's good. It's fortunate for us that uh, we're able to, and we've maintained that for quite some time. Uh, so being at that that uh, number, I think we can start to start thinking about obviously exercising caution and uh, doing those things that are recommended, staying somewhat far apart, washing our hands and doing those kind of things. And then um, I think we can uh, start to return to normal. So looking back, whenever COVID really started to spread more, was the city able to look at certain positions and say, you know, you can work from home. Uh, You're going to have to be here in office, but, you know, A, B and C can work from home. I mean, were there positions that were able to work from home? There are positions that can work from home. Uh, There's positions that can work from home for a certain period of time. Um, And there were positions that, because uh, lots of things shut down, that weren't needed as as readily as as they normally are because people weren't coming into City Hall, for example. Um, There are lots of positions that were what we classified as critical positions where we really need the employees to come in. And, you, you know, over the summer, you can't really cut grass from home. You have to get on a tractor and go out and cut the grass. You have to take care of the roadways. And uh, obviously police and fire uh, have to maintain their duties. So there are some positions that that have to be uh, out and about and uh, some that need to be in the offices. But like other businesses, uh, I think there's a lot of businesses that discovered that um, uh, there's uh, employees that can work from home. And um, I think we'll see some of that as we go forward, uh, businesses restructuring themselves and deciding who needs to be in an office. Office space is expensive. Uh, And if you don't have to have as much office space uh, as you did in the past, it may be a decision for a business to uh, to change their model. Um, that I'll be honest, that's happened in the past. Uh, we've gone through cycles of that, and generally they come back to bringing employees back because there is a benefit to have face-to-face communication. That's that's we're, we're human, and that's just the way we're wired. Um, so we'll see a rebalancing, I think, in there, and then perhaps some changes we go forward. You know, I think schools have had one of the biggest struggles because for kids kids do much better in the classroom uh, as opposed to being at home and working online and that had to be the the biggest area hit uh, as far as you know what's going to happen next year 10 years from now to those kids who were at home distant learning compared to being in the classroom yeah yeah my understanding is there's a lot of difficulty surrounding that we've we've in our for other county schools and the city schools have done pretty well and work very diligently to try and keep kids in the classroom as much as possible. Um, and it hasn't been easy, um, but uh, I th- you know, they put a lot of effort into it and a lot of thought into uh, trying to make sure that, that parents are comfortable, they, the kids are comfortable and they feel safe, um, but they're getting the education that they need. Uh, in a broader scale across the country, it, the conventional wisdom is there is going to be an education gap because of this and um, they're going to have to be some catch up Um, the younger kids catch up pretty fast Uh, the kids are in high school and losing senior year junior year that's a a difficult uh much more difficult to make up and um you know i'm not i'm not in education uh uh, my boys are well past that (laughs) not well past that age but past that age um, so I didn't have any direct experience with it, but that's just following the uh, information that I've been given. I know even colleges have lowered their standards of admissions because of everything over the past year, you know, surrounding COVID and, and the distance learning. So uh, things have greatly changed in the education world. 
But going back to the city of Murfreesboro, I know you were talking about budgeting and how that's on the minds of a lot of people. When budgeting, do different department heads have to put together a particular budget that is somewhat similar to the one the previous year, or is it requested that it's lower than the previous year each year? You know, that depends on projections. So what what we uh, do is uh, look very carefully at our, our revenue side and uh, try and make some decisions on that side as to what we think revenues will be. Uh, a lot of that uh, is reading up on the economic <coughs> forecasts that we have available to us. Um, a lot of it's national, so you have to get down to the regional level and uh, take a look at what they think is going to happen here in Tennessee as we continue to grow, and projections indicate that we'll uh, continue to grow. So uh, once we look at the revenue side, we can get some idea of what we're going to tell the departments. Um, from a department standpoint, we really have 18 to 20 some unique businesses that are operate. So we don't have one business and our budget gets complex because of that. Uh, we have a lot of different needs. So we have people in offices, we have people out on heavy equipment. Uh, and and the, the differences between that from a budgeting standpoint is substantial. Uh, a lot of our equipment is very, very expensive and our capital expenses where we have to spend uh, hundreds of thousands, if not a million to, or more dollars to, to buy equipment. So budgeting for that's a different sort of thing than it is for an office worker where we're buying a computer that's going to last maybe five years. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complex process, but we do, we do start with the revenue and see what we think that's going to be next year before we go to the departments and ask them to really dig deep into what their expenses are going to be and uh, who they need. People, people are uh, our biggest expense, um, in, which is, should be expected. We're in a service business. So we, uh, we put a lot of effort and uh, we expend a lot of our revenues on on maintaining the workforce um, as, as efficiently and as, as effective as possible, but there's an expense associated with that <clears throat> that we have to be very careful with. So I think our depart department directors do a very good job throughout the year watching how they expend their funds. Um, last year in particular, they, they were very diligent in uh, being very careful because we just didn't know how that would turn out. We didn't know what the economy would do. It was a great unknown. And, um, and we came through it very good because of their hard and diligent work for next year, same way. And we, we've told them, we don't know what this economy, this is a different, this is a little more conventional because we can see uh, it's not a pandemic, but um, we can see some of the indicators in the economy that would indicate that we, we should be cautious. We still should remain cautious as far as our expenses are concerned and uh, because we may see um, some sort of recession or inflationary impact as we go forward and uh, we're watching that very closely. Again with us this morning Murfreesboro City Manager Craig Tyndall and over the last however many months since the pandemic started you know back in March of last year have we seen any real growth within our community as far as the number of citizens are people still moving into the area during the pandemic? Yeah very much uh, they, they continue to move in and um, building continued um, so it was, uh, we didn't see a huge slowdown because of that. Uh, we were, we were concerned that, uh, the pandemic might, might slow things down, but, uh, we continue to pace and, uh, I think we'll, we'll continue to see that even if we do see an economic downturn, I think what, what people will realize is, um, that there are 
places in a, in a country that are, are less attractive to live in. If you, if you have, uh, if you are mobile and you can move, uh, that there may be some other place with other opportunities and uh, a different style and cost of living that uh, makes a little bit more sense. And um, I think we'll, we'll continue to see people moving into Middle Tennessee. You know, I know we talked about this uh, last time you were on the air, when you and I were on the air together, and that is that city of Nashville, they actually increased their property taxes and they announced a pretty substantial increase in that property tax amount for residents and also for businesses. And we were talking about, you know, is that going to push more people into Murfreesboro? And now that that's, I guess, been in place for a little while, has that pushed people into Murfreesboro from Nashville? I, I don't know if we have any data that would suggest that that's pushed people into Nashville. I think what we're seeing more uh, if we have a relocation of uh, people from, from Davidson County into Rutherford County is a uh, traffic situation and just being uh, tired of driving up I-24 and, and uh, uh, the inconsistency that they have there. If they have an accident and they're, you know, it's an hour and a half to get to work and if there's no accident, it might be 40 minutes and how you plan your life around that. Um, it's, it's pretty difficult. And uh, so that's probably the biggest driving force is just a, a change in lifestyle. Uh, to be able to do that. Some people are able to do it and able to handle it, and they do move down to, to Rutherford County. Um, the tax increase for those people that are relocating from other areas of the country, um, percentage-wise, I mean, we went through a tax increase, and Davidson County went through it this year, but from uh, a relative standpoint, taxes, property taxes is what we're talking about. So property taxes are, is very low. Um, if you move from California, New Jersey, um, even Arizona, where I moved from um, five, six years ago, uh, property taxes are extremely low here and they and we're able to maintain that for lots of different reasons. Um, but it's, so that's, you know, the, the property increase sounds a lot and, and I'm not disparaging at all the, the notion that, you know, it, it does impact people, but uh, on a relative basis, when you compare it to other places, when you talk about people coming in, it, uh, it sometimes shocks them in a very positive way to hear what their property taxes would be. Well, you know, you hear stories of people moving to Murfreesboro from the West Coast, and they're able to put down, you know, a very sizable chunk mm -hmm. of change on that house in Murfreesboro, or some people they are able to sell their house in California for enough to actually pay cash right. for a house here. True. And, and, you know, that was not the case even 10 years ago. I, I mean, things have changed greatly, and our, you know, the property tax here is quite low, like you were saying, compared to some of those other states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, 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 so that's one of the attractions. Of course, it's, it has a great lifestyle. We have great schools. There's a lot, uh, a lot of things that, that people, particularly families, uh, look for that uh, uh, is, is real positive here in, in Rutherford County uh, or all throughout Middle Tennessee. So, you know, that's a big attraction. And for businesses, it's, it's also a, a big attraction. Of course, they want to take care of their employees and have a good place for them to live. Uh, but uh, from, you know, you mentioned businesses and the property tax, they have to pay property tax as well. Um, and they have other types of taxes that they need to pay, but it's still much more attractive here than it is in a lot of other places. So we're able to attract some of the, the businesses. And <clears throat> the, um, the move from the West Coast or even from the Northeast here, uh, when the, the relative prices of houses does give a, a potential for people to do that. It has an upward push on then our property uh, values and uh, and that can be a positive or a negative depending on where you lie and and uh, what you're looking for as far as living here 
um, but we're, we are seeing that our our housing prices have average housing prices have gone up significantly over the last few years again city manager craig tyndall with us i noticed you were talking about how the growth continued throughout the pandemic but i've noticed more construction projects commercial construction projects in particular uh, over the last really two months than i've seen probably in the last six months for sure one of those being out on south church or 231 south just behind the joby jackson walmart they're totally clearing that land now behind that walmart and i've heard reports of uh, commercial shopping centers going in there i've heard uh, more townhome type structures being built there but south church is one of those areas that's growing extremely fast just like blackman started to do i guess about five years ago that's true and i was hoping you weren't going to ask me what that is because <laughs> we are there are several projects going up and so uh you were going to test me i don't remember every single one and where they're uh where it looks they're located. big whatever it is yeah it, it it may be and and we see some of the development actually going on in the county as well so um, uh, you do see that. I mean, we, we saw uh, growth continue from, from people moving in during the pandemic. Businesses have a, a little bit different view of it because, like us, they were very uncertain on the <laughs> economics and what that would cause. Uh, and now they're uh, cautious with respect to uh, overbuilding uh, on, on having people, you know, making place for people because they are sending people home to work from home. Some of them are. So, um, uh, you know, businesses had a bit of a pent-up demand, and that's what you're seeing now, a demand for land and offices and, and um, space. And so you're seeing some of that being exercised. Of course, retail will follow the houses. So if houses continue to build, then retail will, will follow that along. And I think you're seeing, you are seeing some of those projects go in right now. Are we going to see more annexations of the city limits going outwards? Uh, you know into the county are, are we going to see more of that over the next couple of years likely we will um to for for uh some residential and certainly for commercial um we we provide the sewer uh service in the area so if you if you need sewer you need to be within the city because we don't do outside the city sewer any longer uh with rare exception there'll be some some uh, reasons to do that for example a county school or something along those lines but generally speaking we don't do outside the county i mean outside the city sewer service and um so you'll see annexations continue i think we've we've taken a different view than we had um 10 15 years ago uh and want to make sure that what we're annexing we can serve uh very efficiently and cost effectively uh, because once you go into the city then you you have to pay city taxes, but people don't realize the services they get have probably a much higher value than um, than the taxes that they do pay from a property standpoint. Um, so you know you'll get you get sewer, um, you get uh, trash pickup, um, you get police and fire service uh, at a very very high level. So there's a lot of services that come in being in the city that um, uh, makes it attractive, and so developers will want to put residential in the city uh, if they possibly can you know speaking of developers and uh, the changes that have taken place over the years uh, one of those changes being murfreesboro electric of course sold to middle tennessee electric mm -hmm. is there going to be a situation in the near future where the water department here makes a sale as well so that the city of murfreesboro is no longer controlling the water the the sewage all of that stuff and then those services are turned over to 
let's say, for example, consolidated utility. And, and I don't know if any talks have been made yet or have taken place, but is that something that you foresee? Well, it's hard to foresee things like that. I will tell you from a utility standpoint, the larger the better, generally speaking, because there are so so uh, high fixed costs when you talk about a utility. You have to do a lot of investment in plants. I mean, a water plant will run $100 million or more uh, for a water plant to be built. Um, expansions are, are tens of millions of dollars to, to get those in. So uh, spreading that over a large number of customers makes it a, the, the cost of the service much more attractive. And so that's that's what utility service really is and um, when we looked at um, for example the the electric uh, department that we had and and then being a very small donut hole in the middle of a very large uh, co-op and understanding where our growth was and that we were limited in growth but we still had very very high fixed costs investments that would would we be required over the next few years uh, but not able to expand our cu- customer base and having that pressure on fee on um, the, the amount of fees that are charged, uh, it made a lot of sense to do that. Um, electric and water is a little bit different. Uh, from a water standpoint, we can't expand our water boundaries, um, but we can provide it at a very efficient cost uh, without uh, a great need to continue to expand or repair the equipment that's there just because it's a different type of equipment and we can keep that equipment. Uh, maintained at a, at a very cost-effective rate, so it doesn't have an upward pressure on fees like it would otherwise. Uh, so I, whether there's uh, some discussions, when, when I became city manager, we looked at our, everything, uh, and to see where there was, we could gain efficiencies to make sure that our taxpayers' funds are being used as effectively as possible. And so, uh, you know, we, we, did, we did think about doing that, and, um, and, and that's on the water side, not the sewer side. Sewer brings up different <laughs> considerations that are very important to us, and so you probably never see. Um, uh, and CUD doesn't do sewer now, so you probably never see the the uh, sewer service uh, go outside the city. Uh, but from a water standpoint, we looked at whether there's efficiencies to be gained, and I think that's something that over the next few years we'll have to take a look at. There's some differences between how we do service and how CUD does it, um, both do it very very well it's not this it's just a different uh, approach to some things um, and uh, uh, as CUD gets more and more uh, uh, urban in its service territory because it was a rural serv- water service provider and and now its customer base is growing more and more urban as it serves more and more of the city um, there may be some changes that make sense uh, years down the line when you look at sewage, it's kind of a, a horse of a different color. I mean, it's quite different than electricity because you got all these different rules and regulations from the state of Tennessee, the uh, Department of Environment, and you have to look at, I guess, when someone builds commercial, you have to say, well, they're going to expect this many customers and they're going to have this many bathrooms, and then you have to look at the parking lots, the water runoff. I mean, there's all these different things that go into play. It's not cut and dry, I guess. No, we don't wing it. Um, Darren Gore, our, our assistant city manager, and, and he directs the water utility and the, and the water resources department, which provides water and, and, uh, and sewer service. Um, it's it's pretty scientific uh, as far as their projections on what what's needed and the cost of service and the cost of service over a long period of time because you do have to look forward quite a bit and decide when it is you're going to build um, you know additional. Uh, facilities or additional need additional equipment 
all of which takes major investment and accumulate that capital <laughs> or decide you know to borrow funds and what what do funds look like so it's a, it's a lot of uh, a very technical work and projections going forward and Darren does a very good job to keep up on that so when they are looking let's say when the city looks at okay allowing this rezoning to take place for apartments to be built here mm-hmm. do they have to look at well then we're gonna have to offset this by some other project related to water in some way uh, I mean, is there a balancing act that takes place? Yeah, we, we do. We do have to do that here. And, and we have uh, established uh, some guidelines on development and uh, the amount of density that we can we can uh, incorporate. Uh, the, pro- the problem that we have here, and, and we're not unique, there's other watersheds that have that, is that the um, Stones River isn't a huge river. Um, and so as we treat water and uh, dispose of it, we have to um, we have to understand that there's a limited amount that we can that we can do um, because we we would impact that river uh, and and now you're going to get really really technical if you really get taken into the reasons why that is and, and it gets into the science it's it's over my head and out of my pay grade so I'll, I'll let uh, the scientists deal with that but um, we do have limitations and uh, we've established. Uh, some of those boundaries on development and when someone comes in with a project we take a look at the the amount of density that it provides on any particular land understanding that that may impact in the future Um, I mean theoretically we could get to a point in the future far in the future but in the future and the future comes a lot faster than what people realize when you talk about 10 or 15 years when you're talking about a utility that comes very very quickly even though it sounds to most people like that's that's far out in the future it's really not And so when we look at that, uh, in theory, we could run out of, of sewer capacity, and that means all development stops. You can't go any further because you can't just dispose of, uh, of, of the waste. So we, we try and um, manage that as much as possible and look forward, and our council's been very good in, in kind of ado- uh, you know, ad- adopting some, some guidelines for developers so that they can plan as, as we go forward. We're working with TDEC to see if we have any capacity that we can expand in our plant. We own hundreds of acres of land where we do what we call uh, land application for uh, treated water. And uh, essentially in the summer, we're just spraying water over acres and acres of land uh, to, to keep it from having to be put directly into the, the watershed. So the I river, guess I should say. to simplify it, basically you can't put more treated water back into the river system than what you actually use, what you take out, what you process, whatever the word you want to use for that. Right. Uh, because it would obviously make that river overflow. It would probably change whatever life is in that river as well. It, it, it does. And to some extent, it's, it's too clean uh, because rivers have uh, certain compositions that uh, bugs and animals that thrive on bugs like. And uh, if you put well-treated water, which is... Uh, treat it to the point of being potable. I mean, you you could drink it without any effect of it, and you put it in the river. Then you're you're kind of washing out some of the the good um, you know, the good bacteria and dirt and all the other things that are in there. That the that really is that what that is part of that e- ecosystem. So you have to be careful with that. And of course, when you treat water, you have chemicals that aren't necessarily all that natural, and you have to put it in there. So it's not as much as we would overwhelm. You know, I don't. I think we'd have a hard time developing enough water to overflow um, our, our river system, but it's it's the amount of uh, dilution that we would introduce into the, the streams at any one point with treated water 
as opposed to naturally occurring water. Um, because the land, if you think about it, land application, because as I said, it, it's still in the watershed. So you put it on land and eventually it gets into the river, but it gets into the river in a different fashion than if it came straight from the water treatment plant. Now it's accumulated all the things that are natural that, that go back into the river. So you have to offset all this w w development by saying, well, we're going to have to have this much land just to sprinkle water on for the next 12 months and, mm -hmm. and, and so forth. I mean, there's all these different things that go into play, I guess, when you're looking at approving or not approving an apartment complex a, a bunch of townhomes another mm -hmm. neighborhood a, a commercial i don't know a, a shopping center um, but it, it's interesting when you dive deeper into how a city operates it, it's interesting to look at all these different little parts of it and, and they're all moving different directions yeah one of, one of the things we're into now is uh, studying development impact fees and uh, identifying those kind of things where development does impact the community and allocating a cost to the development for that. Um, it, it's, a, it's a complicated process. It, it takes a lot of study and a lot of difficulty to, to link those two up in, in, any fa in, a, in a fashion that's, that's uh, supportable. And so we're, we're going through that process now um, because you, development impacts roadways. It impacts uh, potentially schools if it's residential because you have families moving in. Um, it does impact water. It impacts stormwater. So if you you know if you develop land and um, pave part of that land, it's going to change how water drains on that property and where that water goes and how it needs to be handled. And so we do uh, a lot of stormwater impact studies that uh, helps us decide. Um, and it may impact a an existing uh, water source, a wetland, which is important to our uh, environment. And so you have to be very very careful of that when we build a roadway uh, we we have a potential to impact stormwater and how it's handled or wetlands and we have to account for that and we do with the state and uh, make sure that that we are balancing that out in other areas um, that uh, allows us to maintain the environment that we have here which is very important again with us this morning Murphy's Bro City Manager Craig Tyndall and we are going to take a break real quick but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the money, the, the money that came in through the sale of Murphy's Bro Electric. And there is a, 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 what is it, a committee that was formed in order right. to look into what to do with that yes. and, and how to do it. So we'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. Again, City Manager Craig Tyndall with us. Time right now, 844. We're going to check on the weather and the traffic. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. You can get those options on the menu online at www.demasrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high into the lower 70s. Winds out of the south around 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, chance for showers and storms alone near 55. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 47. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City. Come see us at 919 Northwest Broad Street here in Murfreesboro. And if you have dreamed of a tranquil garden pond as your oasis, come see us at Animal City. We carry all the supplies you need to start a garden pond or maintain the one you already own. Here at Animal City, we have everything you need to start your own garden pond. Come see us and let our 30 years worth of experience be helpful for you. 
You can find Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. This is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, here is today's Salute to Veterans. True American hero, Norm Elzier. In this salute, we talk to a World War II veteran. Your basic training, what was that time period? Took quite a while, because after we went to the classroom study, then we had to go up to Apalachicola, Florida, where we took aerial gunnery training, and we flew in 86s with a 30 caliber machine gun and shooting at that target. The bullets were painted colors and they could tell who shot what. From there, they sent us off to a mechanic school in Shepherdville, Texas. From there, they sent us to a gunnery school again. It was strictly shooting a 50 caliber at a moving target way down range. From there, we went to California where we joined our bomber crew. Well, Norm, when you shipped out, what was that like? It wasn't too good. The planes, they were all brand new planes, and they were supposed to fly over to Italy. The trouble was the ground officers decided they were going to fly too. So out of the six gunners, two of us had to go by boat, and we drew straws. And I was fortunate enough <laughs> to, to draw one of the boat straws. It took nine days to go across the Atlantic, and it was storm almost all the time. In fact, I came off the boat in a stretcher because I was standing watch on deck uh, three times a day, and, and I got sick. Norm Elzir. This has been a Salute to Veterans on WGNS Radio. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Locally and veteran-owned. Fast and available 24-7. Join the Home Health VIP program at Restoration One for disaster prevention. Restoration One, the water damage experts. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Since 1981, Willow Windows has been making homes beautiful all over Tennessee. From decks and railings to doors and windows, visit willowwindow.pro. Willow Window, the official sponsor of the WGNS Studios. Willowwindow.pro. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Right now that time, 8.48, our guest in studio this morning, Murphy's Pro City Manager, Craig Tyndall, and we're broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. And uh, Willow Window is making your home beautiful again with their replacement windows, doors, and decks online at willowwindow.pro. Again, City Manager, Craig Tyndall with us. You didn't know this was the uh, Willow Window Broadcast Studio. I, I did. I should have, though. <laughs> Pretty exciting, right? It is, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's excellent. So back to the city of Murfreesboro and the sale of Murfreesboro Electric, which I guess that all closed last year, right? When did that actually wrap up? Uh, June 30th of last year. Okay, so now it's a matter of figuring out, well, you've got this extra income coming into the city, I guess monthly or annually. How do they pay? Is it monthly? Annually. Annually, okay. So I, you have to I think. figure out what to do with those funds <laughs> right. and figure out something that is reasonable where maybe it could even grow. 
That's true. And um, uh, councils uh, talked about that over the last several months. And uh, what um, <clears throat> was decided a couple months ago is a committee would be formed with some people that had uh, good financial experience in, in doing that. And, um, uh, and so a committee was formed uh, and uh, council member Rick Lance, who's in the finance industry, financial industry, uh, so he has some good solid knowledge on that, um, is on that committee from, from council and then some community members uh, were, were um, uh, selected to, to go on to the committee. And their job is to uh, really formulate a recommendation to council on how uh, the money might be handled in the future years. So they're not you know, making decisions, and, and when I say handled, I mean invested and um, the, the structures, whether it would be, there's a lot of different ways that a city can, can um, um, set up to, to handle the money going forward over uh, several decades, if that's their choice. Uh, and so their recommendation would be along those lines. They're not recommending on how to spend the money or how to allocate that. Council will continue to uh, make that decision on an annual basis and uh, we as staff will, will bring suggestions to them on an annual basis on how best to uh, uh, expend the funds or to invest them or uh, move forward and we'll, and we'll have investment consultants. Similar to what we do with the pension program, I think the, the model that they've been looking at uh, as well as the Christie Houston Foundation which has provided uh, a substantial benefit to the community uh, that was set up years ago with the uh, sale of the hospital uh, to Ascension uh, St. Thomas. And um, um, so that's that's the purpose of the committee now. And, and I think there there may be some misunder misconceptions of what the committee is, is chartered to do, but it's really tasked to to decide how to structure the, 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 the money in the future and how to handle it uh, and make that recommendation to council, but not they're not looking at ways to expend the funds. Is there a way to use a portion of the funds to actually offer grants or to offer services like Christy Houston Foundation does in helping different nonprofits? Um, there's some opportunity to do that, uh, and I think that's a decision that council should will look at as they go forward. Uh, that's a decision that would be left to, to council, not to this committee. Um, and, and likely not to the uh, subsequent committee or board or found or uh, trust trusts board that's uh, created uh, going forward. The committee that we have now is, is short term. I mean, they're going to report out in in just a few months' time as to what their recommendation is, and then whatever they recommend and council decides to adopt, and there will be a new form, a new format, and a, and a new structure on how to handle those funds. Um, there's some opportunity for that. Obviously, um, uh, we, we want to focus on what the city is required to do and what we need to do. Uh, we do have enough uh, on our plate to, to handle, and we want to be pretty judicious about doing that. Uh, we do try and assist some nonprofits. They have other funding sources, and, and really the city is set up to do something quite a bit different than what variety of nonprofits are doing. So we really don't want to get into their territory or become a funding source where they depend on a, that um, and to the exclusive uh, nature than securing other funding and so we have to be somewhat cautious of that as a municipality going forward. And, and I, I think if I recall Murphy's Pro Electric sold for a little over 200 million dollars they paid a lump sum of around 40 million up front and then they're going to be paying 17 million annually or right around that ballpark so you're talking about figuring out 
how to invest the lump sum that came in up front, then also what to do each year with those funds coming in. So there's a lot of different things that have to be looked at, I guess. Yeah, the total transaction is about $300 million over a 15-year period. Uh, and, and, and it is offsetting a long-term asset that we had that had a revenue stream associated with it, um, not a substantial revenue stream because all the money the electric company made went back into investing into the electric department and making sure that it uh, maintained itself and, and the fees weren't more than they needed to be. Um, so so that those, but, but it did pay what was called a taxes in lieu. So it paid a small part into the general fund of the city. And so replacing that is, is, uh, is part of the thinking as we go forward to make sure that we're, we've, we can do that over a long period of time, very long period of time, um, or, or, you know, well into the future. And then um, the additional funds, because there's a substantial amount then of additional funds and how best to manage that so that we have a source of revenue uh, that offsets the, our needs uh, as a growing city in the future. Then a different side to all of this, you also still have the electric department's building, downtown Murfreesboro. That's still owned by the city of Murfreesboro. So what's going to happen with that? Well, that's, uh, that will eventually uh, be redeveloped, and uh, there's not plans right now because uh, we, uh, Middle Tennessee wanted to use that for about three years. So <clears throat> that'll be... Uh, they'll use that for about three or four years as they transition and, and make uh, adjustments on the property that they have and make their plans. Uh, but what we'd like to see is that to be redeveloped. As, as downtown becomes redevelopment, you see the um, uh, Pinnacle Bank building is, is now being redone, uh, being rebuilt. It was torn down over a period of a few weeks, uh, and, and now it's the construction starting. Uh, the project towards the end of the year on uh, the church property, the First Methodist, Methodist uh, church, First United Methodist Church property, will be um, uh, start redevelopment here towards the end of the year. Uh, start some demo demolition and, and redevelopments shortly after that. Um, so this is on the other side of of the center of downtown, that piece of property, and it's prime property for uh, some redevelopment in uh, into the future. There's there's nothing about the building itself that's unique. It's pretty enough. pieced together it, over the years. It's uh, people people probably don't realize it. It's a it's a 1980s building that's wrapped around about a 1930s 1940s building, and and when you get inside and go into certain parts of it, you can see that, and it doesn't have a lot of functionality uh, over the long term. Um, there's nothing unique about it that would suggest that it should be so so leveling that and uh, creating a uh, a really open palette for someone to come in and and design something uh, that would be unique to downtown is, is it's an entire block so it's a big big piece of property it's actually a block and a half because of the block the the other just to the um, uh, to the west of it is that other half block is part of that whole piece of property and so some redevelopment there would be uh, slated for the future maybe a, a hotel that, that's something I, I've heard <laughs> a lot you know people have talked about the idea of a boutique type hotel downtown Murphy's bro and I know there were talks before COVID-19 hit and then they just all kind of died off so maybe something like that will I don't know uh, reignite yeah well we, we we hope so and I think it's it's prime to do it you, you know the market dictates a lot of that and um, the market for uh, hotel financing died off with COVID. Um, so the, the financial market just uh, backed out of any type of financing. So as we go through the development, we need to 
give that a period of time to rehabilitate itself and come back. It will, and uh, I think you'll I think you will see at some point uh, a hotel downtown being as close as it is to university and to downtown and um, and those amenities. I think you'll see uh, either boutique or limited service hotel come in. We're already out of time, but. Craig Tyndall has been with us this morning. City Manager of Murfreesboro, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Time right now, 8.58. We're going to close with a check on that traffic, and uh, then you'll hear local news with Ron Jordan, followed by news from around the country and around the world with CBS. That all comes your way next. Good morning. Watching traffic increase quite a bit, actually, in the last few minutes out here on I-24, headed towards Nashville. Watch your speed. Lots of THP units scattered up and down. The interstate there just past Epps Mill Road as all the traffic continues to come out of Coffee County in and through Rutherford County. You never know, and you might need these guys. Free at last, Bell Bundy, serving Davidson, Williamson, and Rutherford Counties. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high into the lower 70s. Winds out of the south around 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, chance for showers and storms alone near 55. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 47. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County but will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Action Line, Rutherford Issues, The Morning News, Swap and Shop, The Crewman Show. We're keeping it local on WGNS, AM, FM, online. At time right now, 8.59, we are broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Find the latest in local shows on our website, all at wgnsradio.com.